Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be looking into how to work with an Akashic healer and what they can actually do for you. There are any number of ways the Akashics can be used for healing, and all kinds of things can be healed through accessing resources in the Akashics. In fact, Accessing the Akashics consciously for any reason provides healing throughout the contact simply because of its nature or ours, depending on how you look at it. Being in a physical body is not our natural state. The Akashics is where we reside when not embodied. It's home. Connecting with it reminds us on all levels of our being what it is to be who we truly are, which in itself is healing. The process is somewhat like yoga as it reawakens our body, mind, and heart to their perfected state. Experiencing this can be more or less strenuous and a stretch depending on what shape we're in at any given moment. With that said, the Akashics can be used more directly for healing as well. The most common way people do this is through working to heal the mind. We don't often think of it as healing, but questions which keep us stuck, we can't resolve or Things we need to change but don't know how can need healing because they are causing us difficulty or even damage. Whether working with a mentor or Akashic master, our soul book or other text in the Akashic library, with our teacher or guides, we can relieve our mind of the problem by finding a solution and developing a plan of action. The Akashics can provide profound emotional healing through a variety of means. It can provide safe space for us to work through trauma or grief, to tie up loose ends, reconnect with loved ones, come to an understanding of an emotional event, or find the overarching meaning of repeated patterns. It can help us understand the why, learn what we are and are not responsible for in any given relationship, and look at the lessons we're meant to learn. It can help us release no longer necessary emotions, help us experience ourselves more positively, and support us in our becoming more of who we are and are meant to be. These types of healing sometimes come through working with a person's soul book, but more often happen through working with a healer, an animal guide, a teacher, or a guide. These beings are dedicated to our well-being. They love us and seek to support us fully to the best of their ability and are always available at any time. Physical healing is available through the Akashics as long as one understands that this type of healing is not like taking a pill or waving a magic wand. The healing the Akashics provides, as I've described, is about helping us grow and become, helping us heal into a more perfected state. And this applies to physical health as well. The body is not a separate thing from the mind, the emotions, or the soul. Once entered into an embodied life, A soul is fully integrated into the body, and it becomes a partner and support to the soul in fulfilling its path and goals for this life. The body therefore works in concert with the other three aspects of our being to provide support, messaging, lessons, relief, and much more. Therefore, illness and injury should not be seen solely as a physical thing. While sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, many times it can be multiple things and have layers of meaning. The Akashics can help a person decipher the messages, the lessons to be learned, the patterns which are being repeated, and once understood or learned, the body can begin to heal, to release the message, 
to return to its perfected state. This may or may not be automatic. It may be the person needs to consciously act in partnership with the Akashics to successfully heal, and this may take time and come in stages. But healing can take place and be complete. Many times, all of these types of healing happen in concert, as we're not formed of separate aspects working independently of each other. I work with clients who are in need of healing and provide them with Akashic healing practices, which allow them to heal in all these aspects at a very deep level. The one thing I point out is the healing will go quickly, deeply, and effectively in direct proportion to how much effort they put into the process. If they work at it daily and follow through on what they discover or learn about the situation, they will get amazing results and unfold aspects of themselves and their path which they never realized existed. The Akashics has vast fields of wisdom and amazing gifts which are accessible to each of us. Healing can be a starting point which allows us to reach our full potential and take advantage of the many wonders available in this life. Connecting with the Akashics consciously gives us even more nourishment and encourages us to become both balanced and fluent with the wisdom from all aspects of ourselves, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. I won't lie and say this is necessarily easy. Sometimes working in the Akashics is a bit like Whoopi Goldberg trying to decipher the lyrics to the Rolling Stones song, Jumping Jack Flash. I myself have been known to exclaim, Oh, come on! over frustrating half-answers or fortune-cookie responses. When students and clients want to know how I've become so adept at reading and deciphering Akashic information, part of the answer is thousands of hours and decades of effort followed by bouts of frustration ending in Eureka or facepalm, and oftentimes both. Beyond the ambient healing properties of the Akashics, there are souls there who are classified as healers. These are mature souls who have the interest, aptitude, and dedication to take on the service of providing healing for souls in need. Just like an athlete who overworks or mistakenly moves incorrectly, souls can be injured in the normal course of their existence. Most issues heal automatically, but sometimes we need help from someone else. For the purposes of this episode, I'll be focusing on those healers who work with embodied souls. The most dramatic need for healing comes when a soul's embodied life is so dangerous and deleterious it doesn't cause learning or maturing, but instead damages the very fabric of the soul. While we pre-plan each embodied life like a NASA mission, each soul has free will, and free will choices in the moment of each soul and the souls around them incite a cascade of cause and effect which ripples out in every moment. This allows for randomness, chance, accident, serendipity, magic, the unexpectedly good, and the unexpectedly disastrous. Soul damage is rare, but when it occurs, there are healers who immediately receive the injured soul and bring them to an isolated healing space where they can be cared for, somewhat like a combination of an ER, nursery, and a thoroughly supportive therapy space. The soul remains isolated and cocooned until they're healthy enough to return to their soul group and their teacher. Part of this particular healing process is the soul retains any wisdom they acquired and any maturity they had achieved within the life, but the memories of it are removed and the record of it sealed to prevent a reoccurrence of the injury or the circumstances of the life negatively affecting the soul and any future embodied lives they might wish to take on. I've come across this type of past life record in a small number of readings. It's as if those pages in the past life section are glued together 
and should I attempt to open them, their teacher will intervene immediately. Most healers working with embodied souls are focused on supporting and helping people with their current embodied life. Unlike medical or alternative healing practitioners, Akashic healers are the definition of holistic. They know us as fully integrated beings. Yet each is well-versed in our experience of life as separated into the various aspects of self and is able to focus on any one aspect when necessary and efficacious. I've worked with healers who were more than willing to focus on things such as using yoga for restoring physical health, revealing repressed memories in order to heal self-sabotaging behavior, teaching what we consider psychic skills to facilitate a person's ability in coping with more advanced spiritual practices, and so on. The underlying focus of their work is to bring us into balance with ourselves. Like tuning an instrument, it's not necessarily about perfect pitch, but having all the strings true to each other in the moment and allowing the moment to be all it can be. It's important to keep in mind that, like all beings who work with the embodied, to them, our free will and indeed the free will of all souls is preeminent. They will not intercede in our lives without our express permission or the request of our teacher or guides. When they're invited, they won't interfere in how we're living nor take away our free will choices. If we're unwilling to stop doing something which is causing us harm, they won't do anything to prevent us. They're quite able to see we're in a career which is soul-crushing to the point of physical injury and deterioration, but what we're willing to work on is our spiritual practice, so that's what they'll target. They're clear when our eating habits, thought patterns and assumptions, emotional armor, create destructive situations. However, if these are a feature of the life, creating a situation for us to learn, achieve, and become in a way we've stated we wish to do so, then they're going to leave those situations alone and focus on whatever they've been called to help with. Not everyone works with a healer in any given lifetime. Most lifetimes don't require one. The body works as planned, illness and injury being part of any given lifetime, and any need for healing or support is provided by soul group members, guides, and the individual's teacher if necessary. Those who do need a healer usually don't ask for one specifically. A prayer, request, meditation, or plea for help gives permission for one to provide healing and support. They may do so in dreams, completely behind the scenes working with our guides, or directly through an event, a meditation, an embodied healer, and many other methods. There have been times, in working with clients, a healer has come forward and requested I make them known to the client and offer their services. Usually, the issue is simply permission. Once permission is given, they get started as they've usually prepared for what is needed and possible. They sometimes offer additional modalities and ways in which the client can work with them proactively to intensify and deepen the healing process. What's wonderful is we needn't wait in hopes a healer might come to support us in difficult times. We can work with healers consciously in the Akashics and request their help at any time. We can request help with physical ailments, emotional hurts, personal or professional issues, spiritual difficulties, and so on. Healers who work with embodied souls are wise in the ways of embodied life and skilled at working not only on their side of the veil, but on ours as well. The key is in how you approach the relationship. While they have expertise, knowledge, and access which you don't, they're not an authority over you any more than your chiropractor, acupuncturist, or Reiki master. Offering them carte blanche to do whatever they think is best, to do what is for your best and highest good, or just to do something to fix whatever problem is most pressing, will not get the response you're looking for. 
Most often, they either don't respond or become like the frustrating fortune cookie as they seek to try and help while at the same time being limited by your lack of interaction. Healing is an interdependent process. I liken it to getting a massage. If you dissociate from your body, taking your mind away and elsewhere instead of melting fully into the process and becoming a noodle, the body tends to think of the physical manipulation as an attack and lock up, making it difficult and even injurious for the masseuse to do their work. There's nothing quite like trying to massage inert concrete in human form. Working with a healer in the Akashics requires your active participation. The first thing to do is to get to know them. Healers are beings just like we are, with unique personalities, gifts, experiences, and aptitudes. Spending a little time talking with them, getting to feel, know, and experience them, can improve the healing process exponentially. Once you've begun the conversation with them, you can point to what you're interested in working on or need help with. They will already know, but can't assume. You must first broach the subject. Once you've done this, they have permission to start delving in. They may suggest various means of working directly on the issue you've indicated or recommend you work on something else first. Sometimes what is most on our radar at the moment is a symptom of something deeper or connected with something we're not aware of, and it can be more effective to target this other thing first. What we're struggling with might be better resolved if we work more holistically rather than one issue at a time. This can seem counterintuitive to us as we're not aware our weak ankles or sticky jaw is actually connected to something emotional or spiritual, nor how working on them can resolve things. This is in part because bodies are not our primary means of existence and so can be awkward to incorporate into our deep knowing, but also in part because we're taught our bodies are simply meat suits we're wearing instead of an integral piece of our embodied existence. Healers are expert at helping us sort these things out seeing the interconnections and how things have become misaligned or a hindrance. They can provide us with healing, insights, wisdom, and support on all levels to help us get back on track. One of the easiest ways to work with a healer in the Akashics is simply to invite them to your room. I've created a guided meditation you can use to do so, and I'll put a link to it in the podcast description. You can also choose to go to a place in the Akashics which is most healing, supportive, pleasant, or joyful for you, and invite them to join you there. This can be the beach, a mountaintop, a luxury spa, or whatever works best for you. The more relaxed and peaceful you are, the easier the communication will be between you. You also might consider going directly to a healing center in the Akashic City. These are beyond the Akashic Library in the city proper, and there are various places to choose from. There you can request a healer to consult with you, and they may suggest you work together in a treatment room there, or in a place more conducive to the type of work best suited to the situation. Wherever you end up, working with a healer is wonderful, sometimes transformative, and at the same time draining. It's work even if you're just receiving energy. Like having a massage or doing a strenuous workout, your body will be processing things and need to cleanse out what is no longer necessary through elimination, so it's important to not only follow any advice the healer gives for homework after the session, but also to drink lots of water. Also, while there are instances where it only takes one session to heal someone of whatever the issue is, this is extremely rare. Healing is usually a journey in and of itself. So if you're at a point where you need some healing in an aspect of your life, a healer can be an ally and one of your best options for not only resolving things, but moving forward into thriving. 
And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patrons of honor this week, Lourdes and Michelle Wollaston. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.